Good morning from Fairhope, Alabama. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, December 6th. In today's news, President Trump will recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. A Russian lawyer says Donald Trump Jr. asked her for incriminating information about Hillary Clinton, and Democrats are fighting among themselves over how hard they should try to negotiate on the government funding that's set to expire Friday. But first, the big idea. Why are so many Alabama women still supporting Roy Moore in the Senate race? The Washington Post poll released this weekend showed that four in 10 women who are likely to vote next week are backing the Republican Senate candidate. That's a relatively strong showing amidst allegations of sexual misconduct, and it's why the race is neck and neck. In Washington, many conservative women have expressed varying degrees of disgust with President Trump's decision to give a full-throated endorsement to more, as well as the Republican National Committee's move to flood the state with resources just weeks after cutting him off. Ted Cruz's former communications director, Amanda Carpenter, tweeted yesterday, quote, I'm sick. But down in Dixie, women are rallying behind him as a result of the president's move. To understand the disconnect between female elites in Washington and voters in Alabama, I asked 20 women who attended Moore's rally here last night why they're supporting him. Here were the four most common answers. Number one, they just don't believe Moore's accusers. Five women told the Washington Post last month that Moore pursued them when they were teenagers and he was an assistant district attorney in his 30s, including one who says he touched her when she was 14. Since those allegations were published, four more women have come forward to allege that he made unwanted sexual advances in the late 1970s and early 1980s. Moore vehemently denies any wrongdoing. None of the women I talked to at his rally said they believe any of these women. They argued that they should have come forward years ago, or in some cases, they told me that this is all part of a made-up smear campaign. Number two, the women I talked to see this special election as a referendum on Donald Trump, and they want to show their support for the president. Trump's endorsement really matters. They think his agenda has been thwarted. They blame Congress and Republicans there for blocking it. And they think that supporting more will send a message that the American people are still behind Trump. Number three, more broadly, they want to send a shock to the system. For some, the more that their favored candidate gets attacked by elites in Washington, people like Mitch McConnell, the more energized they become about his candidacy. Steve Bannon, the former White House chief strategist who's back to running Breitbart, spoke at the rally last night. He said, quote, If they can destroy Roy Moore, they can destroy you. They're trying to send a signal to every young man, woman, and child in this country that if they try to stand up for their people, they'll be destroyed. They think you're a bunch of rubes. That line got some of the biggest cheers of the night. Number four, abortion is a litmus test for a lot of these women. Many of the people I talk to strongly oppose abortion rights, as does Moore, and they see the Democratic candidate Doug Jones as weak on this issue. That is keeping them with Moore despite all the allegations. To be sure, most women in the state still don't support Moore. About two dozen women came to protest last night's rally dressed in costumes from The Handmaid's Tale. That's the Margaret Atwood novel in which women have no power. Several had pieces of tape across their mouths with the name of Moore's accusers written in Sharpie. Several told me that they'll be embarrassed and ashamed if their state elects him to the Senate. The election is next Tuesday. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, 
President Trump plans to formally recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel today and order the eventual relocation of the U.S. embassy to that city. It's a decision that upends decades of U.S. policy, and it could disrupt efforts towards a peace deal between the Israelis and the Palestinians. The leaders of Arab countries, including Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas, warned Trump on Tuesday that such a move will inflame Muslims and spark regional unrest. In a sign that the White House is aware of the complexities of this shift, Trump aides emphasized that the president will sign a waiver that maintains the embassy's current location in Tel Aviv because the process of moving it will take several years. Number two, Donald Trump Jr. requested information on the Clinton Foundation during a June 2016 meeting with a Russian lawyer in Trump Tower, specifically asking if the lawyer had any evidence of illegal donations. That lawyer, the Russian, provided written testimony on Tuesday to the Senate Judiciary Committee. She told the committee that she didn't have such evidence and that she believes Trump Jr. misunderstood the nature of the meeting. The lawyer's answers reinforce what has long been understood about that Trump Tower meeting with Russian officials, which is that Trump Jr. accepted the meeting under the assumption that he would receive incriminating information about the Clinton campaign. Number three, the government runs out of money on Friday and Democrats aren't in sync about what they're fighting for. Liberals from urban districts and coastal states are vowing to withhold support for the must-pass spending bill if Republicans don't resolve the legal status of undocumented immigrants who were brought to this country as minors, also known as the Dreamers. But moderate Democrats from states that Trump won last year are more focused on boosting funding for children's health programs and government initiatives to combat opioid abuse. Meanwhile, House Speaker Paul Ryan is once again facing a rebellious Freedom Caucus within his own party, they're demanding big spending cuts. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, December 6th. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Holman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.